welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Let's turn to Proverbs 24. Proverbs chapter 24. We started something fresh last Wednesday, and I would like to see a show of hands of how many were unable to be with us last Wednesday. We, uh, you were not able to be with us last Wednesday. It's okay. No, 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 nobody's in trouble. Um, so not, most of you were here last Wednesday, so that's good. I would say this, that when we do start a series, and if you do miss a sermon within that series, you can go to the website, faithheights.org, click the media tab, and you can find all archives to all services. It's all free. There's no charge. So you need to take advantage of that because a lot of times I'd like to review, but if we're going to get to anything else, I can't keep reviewing over and over and over again. So Proverbs, now there's always certain scriptures we'll read over and over again during a series because it's our main text and you know we want to get it deep in our heart and so let's go look at Proverbs 24 and verse 10 and I told you last week that when I was a young baby Christian I didn't really like this scripture because I didn't fully understand it it almost felt like the scriptures were cutting me down because of my certain responses to hard times but look here in Proverbs uh, but I grew up and realized this is a wonderful scripture Proverbs 24, verse 10. Now God through Solomon said, If you faint or give up or lose heart in the day of adversity, your strength is small. <laughs> you look at that you know, face value, you go, that's a little mean. No, it's not mean at all. It's truth. And it helps you pinpoint a problem that a lot of people aren't seeing as the problem. And if you find out what the problem is, guess what? You can fix it. Did you know small strength is fixable? Oh, come on, can we say that together? In harmony. Small strength is fixable. So this scripture says, if you faint in the day of adversity, the problem is so big and bad and the devil is so awful and, and, the, and the people around you are so... No, if you faint in the day of adversity, don't blame the problem. Right. We're, not, we're not hand clapping problems. Don't get me wrong. We're not you know, saying problems are good. I'm saying this, that if you want to fix the root of why people give up, fall away, break commitments, uh, worry and you know, moan all the rest of their life. It's, it's not because of the problem. Not if God is on your side. Not if you have access to the strength of the Lord. This scripture says the problem is small strength. What's the answer? Grow up. Grow stronger. Stru- small strength can be fixed. <laughs> You've heard the expression, we found the enemy and they is us. <laughs> We found the enemy and they is me. 
you know, the book of Haggai says they're going through all kinds of problems. If you read in the scriptures, they're going through all kinds of problems. I mean, businesses were failing. The earth wasn't producing. It never rained. There was famine. Going through all kinds of problems. And the prophet said, you want, you want to know what you need to do? You need to consider your ways. See, that even looks funny, huh? Uh, uh, uh. See, we're always like, uh, uh. no, it's, uh, uh. <laughs> it's, it's not natural to do that, but we got to get out of the natural groove once in a while because the natural is not the way we're supposed to be going all the time. Supernatural ways we're supposed to be going. And really, going like this can save your life. Do you ever notice in the scriptures where it says, examine yourselves? Whether you be in the faith? Oh, they don't have any faith. Well, I know why they got problems. Oh, they must have sinned. No, let, let other people examine themselves. Examine yourself. And really, that's a full-time job. So if you're doing that right, you won't have time to examine the people, right? What does the Bible say? Take heed to the other person around you who's blowing it, flaking out. No, take heed to yourselves. Take heed to yourselves. It's so easy to go like this, but really, and this scripture here is so interesting. If you faint or lose heart or give up in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So we know it's not good to give up and faint and you know, turn away from God and go wrong directions. And a lot of times people are blaming the problems or the storms or the people around them. Oh, that storm. No, no. See, Jesus said the storm only knocked down one guy. The other guy stood strong. The one guy heard the word of the Lord, like we're hearing it tonight, but decided not to do what he heard. And the storm came and he was crushed. Same storm came to another guy who heard the word, like we're hearing it now, but decided to do what he heard, put it into practice, and it beat vehemently against his life and he stood strong. So obviously it wasn't the storm's fault that the other guy crashed. It just happened to be part of the scenario. But it wasn't the, num the number one reason the guy got smashed is because he didn't do what he heard. Well, this scripture says if you faint in the day of adversity, what does that show us? That our strength is small. So what should we do? Uh, get on the ball. <laughs> start growing. Start developing. Start enduring hardness. Quit running away from opportunities to grow up. Stand strong. Right? Now, as we talk about what we're going to be talking about, and they'll show a graphic up here in just a second, we're talking about deliverance. You know, if you need deliverance from habits or deliverance from uh, oppression or what, deliverance through the process of growing up. Deliverance through growing up. Or uh, we could say victory, you know, chains break through growing up. Now, I, I know a lot of us, you know, we think, well, I'll just get a prayer if I need help. Prayer's wonderful. Prayer's fine, but it can't take the place of growing up. Yeah. And I have found this, that if you want to stay free, you're going to have to get more than a prayer for you. You're going to have to start developing in faith, developing in grace, developing in love yourself. Because the devil's persistent. When it says he left Jesus, it said he left him for a season after that time of temptation in the wilderness. He came back. And he'll come back to us. But that's no big deal if we keep growing. Are you listening to me? There was a time in my life the Lord says, Son, you're going to have to grow in faith and get some deliverance on your own because your pastor is not always going to be around. You're going to have to learn to rebuke the devil and demons and fear yourself. 
Resist those things. You're going to have to learn to pray the prayer of faith yourself. Um, and he's not saying that we're never going to need help from other people, but you do need to grow. We need to grow up in the time that we need to, you know, we need to be ministering to others. We're always needing ministered to again. There, there comes a time we need to grow up and not always be needing somebody else to minister to us. And so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about victory or deliverance through the process of growing up. And last week, we talked about growing stronger than the problem. What's better? The problems out of your life are growing stronger than the problem where it doesn't bother you anymore. I told you my testimony about that fear thing. When I was a child, I was afraid of the certain commercial and I'd run out of the room and I'd run into my bedroom and is this, that, that commercial just bothered me. And I didn't get delivered through a prayer. I grew up. <laughs> and now I laugh at what I used to be afraid of because I grew up. And you need to remember this too. We're talking about developing and maturing spiritually, which there's a lot of similarities to physical and mental development. Uh, there's similarities to spiritually developing. And one of the things that we've realized is that growing up is not all about time going by. Aging is not maturing. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Aging is not maturing. Right? We age by reason of time. We mature by reason of suffering. Oh boy. Not with disease, not with sickness, though I'm sure you could learn some things in that area, but that is not God's way of teaching. Sickness and disease is something the Lord suffered for us as our substitute. But there's other sufferings He suffered as our example that we're to follow Him in, and none of it ever means fear or sickness or disease or depression or poverty or lack. Uh, he, he became those things so we could be free from those things. But there is suffering in the Christian life, and there's some suffering we should not run away from. It hurts to not say something towards someone that you really feel like saying. We think, we think these, these macho people are the ones that just rah, just say these violent words and strong this and cuss words and oh, look at how strong they are. Actually, look how weak they are. Can't even control their tongue. Can't even refrain their lips from speaking evil. Can't even refrain from emotions that are telling them to do something that's a violation of love. Strong, loud is not strong. Like you're listening, sometimes complete silence is strong. When you feel like giving somebody what they deserve, you know, lying about you and cussing you out and saying everything about, you know, you that's not true or your ch children, which we've had happen. Um, I'll tell you, it's not easy to just zip it, commit yourself to him that judges righteously and let the Lord work it out. Now, some of the best advice you and I will ever receive is grow up. I was teaching on the Sunday morning, I think it was like earlier this year, and I made the statement that a lot of times when it comes to people struggling with habits and addictions, what they really need to hear is what they definitely do not want to hear. Now, now listen closely. Unless someone is completely overtaken 
and possessed by a demon. Unless that's the case, the people that are struggling just need to do a couple things that they don't want to do and they'll get free. Demon possession is a whole different thing. That's, they're going to need outside help in a situation like that. That's why you need to be very cautious about saying, I can't quit this thing. You're, you're saying that there's something overpowering you and keep, no, no. You can do all things through Christ Jesus. The only people who can't do certain things are those that are fully overtaken by the devil. It's hard at times. The flesh will tell you you can't do it. Your past track record will discourage you. But don't ever say, I can't stop something that you know you're supposed to stop. Well, I can't help it. Say that long enough, there might be some forces to make that real in your life that you really can't help it after a while. Are you listening to me? you got to watch out about saying, I can't help it. I, I can't help it. I just keep doing this. Watch out about that because it's opening the door to powers and forces to make sure what you're saying can come to pass in your life. No, you can help it. It's just hard at times. Paul calls it a warfare. Right? The Bible talks about fighting, a good fight of faith, enduring hardness as a good soldier, refraining your tongue from evil, crucifying the flesh, dying daily to desires and passions that... You need to keep under control. That's not easy. That's, that's war talk. That's soldier talk. And so you have to watch out. Now, the, the thing that they need to hear, <laughs> the things that a lot of people need to hear, it, it's, it's really kind of blunt and bold, but it's this. Grow up and stop it. Now, you, could, you can look at that two different ways. Somebody tells you, grow up and stop it. And you've been struggling with this habit for decades. Grow up and stop it. Two different things. Number one, you can listen to the devil, get condemned, get mad at the one who said that to you, and go deeper into trouble. Or you can look at that from their perspective. They told me to grow up and stop it. They must really believe in me. They must see something in me I don't even see in myself. They must see a potential in me that I don't even see. Or why would they say it to me? See, a lot of times the Lord will say things to you that you feel like you can't do, and really it's a compliment because He sees the bigger you that you don't see. He sees the more, uh, the more mature you that you don't even see yet. I mean, for the Lord to say something you know, to us that really challenges us, that's a compliment. That means you're mature enough to hear it, number one, and that He believes in you and He sees something in you that if you'll just agree with Him, you'll come up and out of things that people stay in for the rest of their lives. Can you just say that with me? Grow up and stop it. What are we talking about? We're talking about deliverance through the process of just growing stronger than the problem, stronger than the habit. Growing stronger in love and faith for God to where you don't even desire that habit anymore, let alone just struggle with it every day. So if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Um, many, many, many believers today are running away from opportunities to grow up because it is not comfortable when it comes to opportunities to grow up. But many believers are staying in the babyhood stage of Christianity, you know, satisfied completely with going to heaven when they die, which is wonderful and great, but it is the Father's plan that His children grow up and that we're not retarded, spiritually speaking. 
Can I get a witness? That's a sad situation in, in those areas. That's not fun. It's terrible. I told you last week the two greatest desires of a parent are number one, that their child is healthy and that their child develops properly and grows up. And this is really important to the Lord. You know, we live in a world where there's so many immature, spiritually speaking, people that it's normal to be immature. I mean, it's totally normal to be immature today. And uh, it's, it's, so, it's so interesting to see. Now, we're going to go to a scripture. If we have time today, I don't know. But there's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. It talks about strong meat belonging to those that are of full age, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern b- between good and evil. And as you look around, and, and again, we can't be judging. We're in a world we just need to be observing, but uh, ma- mainly yourself. You can't even discern properly good and evil unless you're growing up. It's just like a little child. You know, a little child doesn't know what's right or wrong. They just do what they feel like doing. And it's so interesting. And I know one of the reasons the Lord has opened our eyes is because we've been in the Word almost every day for 34 years. Plus, I have. And I see people saying things and doing things and believing things and standing up for things. It's like, really? You can't discern that that's off? That's weird. You, you really can't discern that that's off. It's like, why? Well, immaturity, blindness of the enemy, and just who knows what else is going on. But as you grow and as you develop mature and you mature spiritually, you begin to see a lot clearer, this is right and this ain't right. It's not about what's popular or what's not popular. It's about what's right and about what's wrong. And you have to really be cautious in this area because the majority of homo sapiens on this planet are believing lies about right and wrong. And so as you grow up, you start more keenly with your spirit to discern good and evil. Interesting thing, we just read in the book of John that, um, you just go over the turn there. I'm going to show you some scriptures tonight. Look at John chapter 7. We just read this chapter a couple days ago. And I remembered this verse in verse 7. John chapter 7, verse 7. I was relating it to what's going on today and how people, how can they not see, how can they not discern? And then I started realizing, well, there's blindness, there's immaturity. And Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 7, the world cannot hate you, talking to the people of his day, the world can't hate you, but me the world hates. Now why? Why did the world hate Jesus and why do some people hate us today? Hmm? Because he and we testify that there's some things they're doing that are flat out evil. You want to be unpopular with the world? Quote Jesus a lot. Right? You want to be persecuted? Stand up for what's right? You know, anytime somebody asks you as a Christian a question, you know, like they're trying to stump you or make you look like you're dumb or you don't love people, next time somebody asks you a question like, so what do you think? Is homosexuality a sin? So, so what do you think? Is, is drinking a sin? So, so what do you think? Is, you know, is, is transgenderism a sin? I, I mean, what do you think? Is abortion wrong? 
never, ever make the conversation about what you believe. Make it about what the Bible says. Quote scriptures. Because sure as you say, well, I believe they're going to fire back at you. But if you say, well, God in his word said, make it about the word of God. Because see, the word of God can handle itself. You know, and it's, he's not going to buckle. But if you, if you start telling people what you believe, they're, you're, they're going to fire back at you and you'll get into some unnecessary persecution and some unnecessary, always make it about the scriptures. Well, what do you think? Do you think homosexuality is a sin? Go to the scriptures and say, well, I, does it matter what I say? I'm not God. Let's see what God said about it. Does it matter what I believe? Let's see what God said about it. And then read them the scriptures. It, don't ever make it between you and them. When it comes to your, your faith in God. Point them to the scriptures. And this scripture said that the world hated Jesus for one simple reason. He testified that their deeds, certain things they were doing, were not okay. You can love somebody with all your heart and totally disagree with their funky ways. And if they think you can't, they're wrong again. Because Jesus loved the world more than anyone and he also told them a lot of the deeds you're doing are evil. You can say what you're doing is evil and love them at the same time because Jesus did. Don't let anybody make you feel bad. Well, you don't love me if you don't accept me. On the contrary, baby, I do love you and I'm going to tell you the truth. Because I care more about your eternity than your little few moments here on the earth. Now, if they don't want to hear it, don't tell them. Don't push truth down anybody's throat. Just leave them alone. Be led by the Spirit of God. But we can't be ashamed at the same time. If there's some things that are evil, they're evil. Says who? Says the Bible. Says you? No. Says the Bible. I just choose to follow what God said and accept what He said as total truth. It applies to me too, though. Right? I haven't been perfect. The Lord made it very clear when I, years, you know, my growing up, I've done things that are evil. I'm not going to beat around the bush and say, well, you know, maybe, maybe it's okay, you know, because I'm weak and maybe it's okay because, you know, God loved me and His grace is more than everything and may, maybe it's okay because God understands my past and uh, no excuse for sin and evil. If you're involved with it, acknowledge it as evil and repent and God will clean you up like it's never even happened. But if you just keep making excuses, what can he do? He can't forgive somebody who doesn't acknowledge they need forgiveness. Moving right along. Turn with me to 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Deliverance through growing up or victory through growing up. You know, even in the area of receiving healing, sometimes you just need to grow up a little more in faith in healing scriptures, develop to a higher level, push some doubt out, get a little stronger in faith, and then it wouldn't be such a struggle to stand your ground until the victory shows up. Victory through growing up. You, you can't get through prayer what only growing up can give you. And we're talking about growing up spiritually. Growing up in faith. Growing up in love. Right? Growing in endurance. So in 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul's writing to a young minister, which is all of us, right guys? <laughs> 2 Timothy chapter 2, look at verse 3 through 5. 
Paul admonishes all of us, you therefore, put your name in there, you therefore, John, endure hardness. Notice, don't run away from some of these things. Endure them. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life. And that's one area of suffering right there. Saying no to some okay things because they will pull you away from your soldier's stance and position. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. That's all we need to read. But no, notice he didn't say, well, when it gets tough, you know, just take a break and hide, you know, and, and just, you, you don't have, no, if it's hard, it must not be God. If it's difficult, it, it can't be God if it, if it hurts. <laughs> Newsflash. Jesus hurt a lot, and he was in the perfect will of God when he was hurting. Not, just, not only the crucifixion and the burial, and, but, I mean, he hurt in the area of temptation. Saying no to vicious temptations, trying to pull him out of the will of God. He, 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 hurt, he hurt in the area of learning to, to submit to those that were above him. Remember his mom and dad pulled him out of church one day and it said the, the Lord Jesus submitted at 12 years old, but he knew he was about the father's business in the church, but he submitted to his parents. That hurts when you know. You know. You got to do something that maybe you know isn't the best. Um, but the submission was the best because the Bible talked about obeying your father and mother and he wasn't going to violate that. So... Um, let me just ask you one more time. What's the problem? Small strength. What's the answer? Grow up, grow stronger, develop more. So did I say turn to where? Okay, that's what I, I told you. Now turn to Galatians 4. I want to go back here again. We talked a little bit about this last week. Galatians chapter 4. And I wanted you to notice particularly verse 3, but let's read 1 through 3 again. Paul's teaching us by the Holy Spirit. He says, Now this I say that the heir, a young child who has a legal inheritance, as long as this heir is a child, or childish, one translation says, this child is no different, it differs nothing from a servant. You know, like a servant has no inheritance. This child is no different than a servant that has no inheritance until he grows up. Because it says here, the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different than a servant, though legally he's lord of all. But this heir, who's childish, is still under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. What time? Where the inheritance can be released because the six-year-old doesn't need keys to the Porsche. I say you wait at least another year, right? <laughs> Maybe a couple more years. Even so, now look at verse 3. Even so we, Paul said, when we were children, were in bondage. So what's the answer to getting out of this bondage? Children growing up. There's certain restrictions on children. You understand? Just common sense. There's certain restrictions on children and there's many things they cannot do simply because they're children. It's for their own good that it not be released them too early. Can I get a witness? Why do you not release it? Because you love them. Right? You're not going to let a kid you know, play with the lighter if they're four years old. Why? Well, that lighter really belongs to them. They have the family name. It's in their house, but they can't do it. Why? Childish. 
not able to handle it. And so this tells us right here, one of the reasons we should be interested in growing up is so the Father can release more of the inheritance that belongs to us. More anointing, more power, more prosperity. Um, so I wanted you to see here that he relates being children to being in bondage. Even so when we were children, we're in bondage. Even so when we were children, we were in bondage. There was restrictions. There was things that we couldn't do. Turn to Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11. I kind of wanted to make it a little, little clearer with Scripture is the connection between deliverance and growing up. So Hebrews 11. Anybody remember a guy named Moses? Look at verse 24. We'll read a few verses here. Hebrews 11. I want you to remember and see the connection between growing up and deliverance. All right, verse 24. What does it say? By faith, Moses, when he was come to years. Now that simply means when he matured spiritually. When he grew up in knowledge of God, in the ways of God. When Moses grew up, what happened? Read on. When Moses came to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, which was a worldly achievement that people would die for. Son of Pharaoh's daughter. You know what that means? You are in line for the throne. You got it made in the shade. The palaces of Egypt. Are you kidding me? This guy had a lineage that he could, a natural lineage, he could have followed. And I mean, he could have become Pharaoh and he could have let God's people go that way. But that's the devil's shortcut. I said, that's the devil's shortcut, just like with Jesus in the wilderness. Jesus, all these kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, I'll give them to you. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to die. Shortcut. Shortcut. Watch out for the devil's shortcuts. Trying to get the things that you know God wants you to have the devil's way. You know, just, just fall down and worship me, Jesus, and all this will be yours. For this has been delivered unto me from Adam. No. So here, Moses is seeing, okay, I'm growing up here. I'm growing up. I got a call of God on my life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help deliver the people of God out of Egyptian bondage. Mm-hmm. And I ain't going to do it the world's way. I refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter any longer. That is not my heavenly calling. Easier said than done, huh? <laughs> How many would really do that today? Now, what did he do? He refused all those things that Egypt was offering him, and he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For Moses had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith, Moses kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, 
they, led by Moses, passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. All right, so I was looking at this. I was putting all this together. So Moses grows up and gets delivered himself from this life of sin and deception and also becomes a great deliverer of all the children of Israel, Israel in Egyptian bondage. He came to years and he got deliverance. Deliverance through, go ahead, you can say it, it won't hurt. Growing up. Deliverance through growing up. We believe in prayer. Are you kidding me? We love prayer. We pray all the time. But there are some things you're going to have to just simply develop in, endure, stay in suffering a little longer, go to the next level of character. You can't get some things through prayer that only growing up can give you. And this is a problem in the church right now. This is a problem. There's, let me tell you a really big area where people are missing it and they're not going to the next levels. They're not going higher in the anointing. They're not going higher in God. There's an area here that we'll, we'll talk more about later, but I'm going to hit on it now. It's the area of submitting to authorities and submitting to places and people that God wants us under. This is not an easy thing to do, and it takes maturity to not be tossed to and fro. It takes maturity to work things out. It takes maturity to have meetings you don't want to have. It takes maturity to adjust your attitude. It takes maturity to say, I'm sorry. It takes maturity to say, I missed it. It takes maturity to not bail. I mean, I figure if I'm in the place where God's called me, I'm going to be tempted at times to leave. I mean, that's just basic 101 understanding of the enemy, right? If you're where God wants you, he's going to try to make you feel, think, and make it seem like you're in the wrong place. And I've noticed this. If you, if you yield to things like that, more and more you'll start finding fault and finding fault and finding fault. And pretty soon you'll be contaminated yourself. The Bible says to him, that, to him that's defiled, nothing's pure. Everybody's messing up. Nobody's right. No church in town for me. I'm super holy and there's just no good enough church in town. Well, that's because you're defiled. To him that's defiled, nothing is pure. Did I already say some of the best advice you'll ever get is grow up? Yeah. I just wanted to say it again. <laughs> and I'm talking to me too. Do you want to see in scripture where it says grow up? Anybody want to see that scripture? Ephesians 4. Yeah. Right, I, want, I want to make sure you just don't think this is Pastor John who's, you know, tired after 34 years of pastoring and no, no, this is scriptural. Growing up is wonderful. It's not fun all the time, but oh my goodness, does it do wonders for your future. So Ephesians 4, um, let's look at verse 11. Ephesians 4, 11. And Jesus gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, he gave these gifts in people to the church. Why? Next verse. For the perfecting, or we could say the maturing, of the saints. Now, do you know why devil doesn't want you going to church, doesn't want you listening to preachers, doesn't want you listening to teachers? He wants you to stay a wah-wah baby. 
you know, mostly interested in you and your wants and what you want to do, not the will of God. So he's, he's given us these apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting or the equipping or the maturing of the saints so they can do the work of the ministry for the ultimate building up of the body of Christ. Next verse. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect or mature man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Next verse. That we from now on be no more children. There it is. Grow up. Now, he's not talking about physical children here because these were all physical adults. You wouldn't say to physical adults, don't be children anymore if they were physical adults, if you were talking about the natural side of life. Are you following me? He's talking about spiritual children because these were all physical adults. He's talking about be no more children tossed to and fro. So the very first thing he says is childish is instability, lack of commitment, spasmaticness. <laughs> There's such a word. Being spasmatic, uh, you know, just no roots. He, he says the first thing about a spiritual child is just too movable. Too movable. You know, one of the hardest things. Now, now, for some, this might not be the same, but when, when, you're, when you know God's got something great for you to do, one of the greatest temptations is going to be to jump into that thing way before you're ready. What do you mean, Pastor? I've been faithful in my church for, for three months. It's time to, to go into that worldwide ministry. Paul didn't do anything for like 17, 18 years. Well, he did a few things, but nothing like when he got launched out into apostleship. Keith Moore worked for Kenneth Hagin Ministries for 20 years, serving faithfully at whatever Brother Hagin needed. You say, well, look at him now. He's got two churches and an intercontinental aircraft and preaches all over the world, and they're just so... Yeah, 20 years of helps ministry first. Hmm? And I don't say everybody has to go that long because certain callings are different and whatever, but one of the greatest temptations that you're going to have to suffer through and endure is jumping out of something because of excitement, something that tickled your ears, something that, you know, stirred up your emotions. A lot of times, that's just the enemy trying to say, hey, uh, you can get this the shortcut way. Because really, you can do what God told you to do way before the time He told you to do it, and it won't work. You'll fall flat on your face. You'll be discouraged, and you may not ever get back in the ministry. And that's the devil's plan. Yeah. And that's something we have to be on guard for. So right there it says, Henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro or carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to the sea. But to speak the truth in love that you may grow up Everybody say, grow up. grow up. Into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. All right. Instead of turning to your neighbor, tell yourself, grow up. Grow up. Grow up. <laughs> That's a good word. One of the hardest things to do as a growing Christian is to stay put until the Holy Ghost says otherwise, if He even does say otherwise. Everybody say, stay put. Say, stay put. 
We don't mature by reason of time. We mature by reason of suffering. So let's go back to that scripture. I've got to wrap it up here. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. We don't mature by reason of time. We mature by reason of what we endure during that time. Suffering during that time. Well, hey, Pastor, what, 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 what kind of suffering are you talking about? I'm not sure I want to hear this message anymore. Well, I'm not talking about sickness. I'm not talking about disease. We can claim 100% freedom and victory over that junk, rebuke that junk. And, you know, and it, it, you know, it may hit you. It may attach to you for a while, whatever. but just stand against that stuff. That is, don't ever think that sickness or disease is something God wants you to suffer with. No, that's the lie of the devil. People need to be resisting that kind of stuff and enduring what we're talking about. But what they're doing is they're enduring the sickness stuff and resisting the grow up stuff. Well, that's backwards. So look here at what scripture first? Peter 5, verse 10. We looked at this last week, but we got to go deeper. The, but the God of all grace who has called us Christians unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, He will make you perfect, which is mature or complete. He'll make you established. He'll strengthen you and settle you. When does all that happen? After a prayer or after suffering? So there is some suffering that we need to allow to work in us. And the, what I mean by allow is, is don't run away from things that you're supposed to deal with. Don't run away from things because the other way is more comfortable. So I need to make this clear. So I'm going to tell you um, briefly here. Actually, turn. you see right here that suffering precedes maturity. So you need to discern what kind of suffering it is. And if it's the kind you're not supposed to run away from, you know, like walking in love when you feel like slapping, hmm? resisting temptation, not giving in, uh, submitting to authorities that you know God's put in your life. Uh, you, you know, the very word submit means you're not going to want to do what they say. <laughs> the very word submit means you're not going to want to do what they say. Now, if they start going against God and scriptures and, and trying to force you to sin or trying to move you into an area of, of not preaching the gospel, that's where we have to draw the line and say, listen, we submit to authorities, but not if you tell us we can't pray. Hmm? And um, I don't know, it just, I don't know all that's going on in the realm of the Spirit right now, but I, I, I just wish people wouldn't be so pushy right now, one way or the other, concerning the vaccine. Just don't be so pushy. You're going to be okay if you follow God. You don't need me following God for you to be okay. You don't need me to be doing everything you're doing for you to be okay. You do what God's telling you to do, and you've got promises that He'll take care of you in the midst of plagues and famines and epidemics. You don't need me getting poked. So you're okay. If you're in the will of God, you're going to be okay. You don't need me to be in the will of God for you to be okay. You need to be in the will of God for you to be okay. It's if you. What do you mean? If you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God and obey His commandments, no, He, he will take sickness away from the midst of you. He will protect you from disease. It's not, it's not, if you do what you're supposed to do, I'll be okay. <clears throat> On the contrary, if I do what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to be okay. And if you do what the Lord's telling you're supposed to do, you're going to be okay. But I've seen it go too far on both ends. Well, I just, I just, the vaccine's the mark of the beast and it's of the devil and, and all that. And just, you're crazy if you take it. You're deranged if you take the vaccine. You're strange if you wear that mask. Well, calm down. What is it to you? 
It's their life. I think it should just be, don't try to make me to do it or not do it. You know, be secure enough in your walk with God where you know He's going to take care of me. I'm following Him best I know how. He's not going to leave me stranded in my following Him. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? It can, it's getting into this bondage area. The Bible says, if I will hang out in the secret place of the Most High, if I will abide under the shadow of the Almighty, if I say the Lord is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust, He said, if, if that's me, no evil is going to befall me and no plague is going to come near my dwelling. I'm so glad that I'm not relying upon you doing something so no evil shall befall me, nor plague come near my dwelling. Now, if you're a believer, we'll all believe together in this and help each other out, but don't tell me that I have to have you doing something for that to work for me. It's not if you and everybody around, no, it's if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you abide in me, Jesus said, my words abide in you, ask whatever you will and it shall be done unto you. If you. If you. It's, it's not if I and you. If you. God's going to take care of us if we're doing what he's told us to do. And we shouldn't be so adamant either way. If you, do you have faith? The Bible says, do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. I think people need to mellow out because the enemy is doing his best to get believers to judge, violate love, so they're not ready for his future attacks. If you've got a bunch of violations of love under your belt and the devil throws something else on this planet, some other epidemic or something, you could be caught off guard. And the enemy is trying to get this whole country to violate love right now so we won't be ready for his next attacks. So if you violated love, he'll forgive you if you repent. Today, before you go to bed, you'll be as clean and white as snow. But you're going to have to take it serious. We need to be on guard. The devil has, he's very subtle and very tricky. He's just, he's really working and a lot of people aren't seeing his workings. And I, I think one of the things that's saving people from being judged quicker is they are very, 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 very immature. And that's the only thing saving them. Because if they were doing what they're doing as mature believers who saw certain things, they'd been, been in trouble a long time ago. 1 Peter 4.1, quickly, 1 Peter 4.1. Got to get this out before we're done. 1 Peter 4.1, we're talking about deliverance through the process of growing up spiritually. Thank God we can get some good things by prayer. But we all realize this, getting free is not staying free. And growing up spiritually has a lot to do with staying free after a prayer gets you free. 1 Peter 4.1, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves, believers, likewise with the same attitude. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That's the suffering of disciplining yourself to not always give in to the flesh. 
So really, it's choose your suffering. Discipline or regret for a whole future. Discipline or regret. Now, if you repent, you get cleaned up, praise God, but you're still going to have a memory and you're going to still have you know, things that you just better not to go that route at all. So he that suffers in the flesh has ceased from sin. So if you want to overcome habits, what should you do? Learn to like suffering. <laughs> just learn to, learn to accept suffering in the flesh as a part of a victorious life. Right? He that suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. He that suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Just, you know, I don't have time, of course, but Philippians 1.29 says that not only, we are call, not only are we called to believe on the Lord Jesus, but we're also called to suffer for His sake. Not with disease, not with sickness, but in this area of not everybody liking you because you're calling good good and evil evil. You're going to hurt at times. You're going to be persecuted, reviled. That's normal. All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. All that live godly shall suffer persecution. So the only way you're not going to suffer is if you live an ungodly life. But you will suffer in the end. Like Moses, you know, the pleasures of sin for a season. But you, um, you can't run away from some stuff. So we know that Jesus suffered being tempted that's a suffering that we're going to have to endure. We don't want to give in the temptation and not suffer. We want to suffer and not give in the temptation. Right? Jesus suffered in the area of not my will, but your will be done. Will the Lord ever ask you to do something you do not want to do? Will you ever, will you ever ask? Yes, He will. Um, the Bible talks about suffering in the area of walking in love. Love suffers long. There's suffering in the area of yielding to authority figures in our life. There's you know, doing what we don't want to do. We say, well, that's just a man. Well, God looks at it different. <laughs> I was interested, and I'll close with this, I promise. But in John, again, I was praying, Lord, open my eyes, and he did. And I was reading like John, was it John 6 or something? At the very beginning, it said something really It said that um, uh, Jesus baptized more disciples than John, then it says in parentheses, but it wasn't Jesus. It was Jesus' disciples that did the baptizing. I thought, wait a second. The Bible says that people that are doing things for Jesus is like Jesus doing them. Yeah. I was thinking, Lord, we need to get this delegation and submission and authority thing down. He said Jesus did it, but then in parentheses it said it was his disciples that did it, which was true. Both. Interesting. The Lord started showing me that you have to watch out in this area because saying no to a man could be saying no to Jesus. Right. Disrespecting a man or a woman could be disrespecting the Lord. That's the way the scriptures tell it. Jesus said, if you've done it to the least of me, these my brethren, you've done it to me. Yeah. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I'm not persecuting you, Jesus. I'm throwing Christians in jail. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Jesus said, if they receive you, they receive me. And if they receive me, they receive him that sent me. The devil does not want us to see this. Because he knows disrespect and unbelief go hand in hand. Yeah. That's just some more grow up things the Lord's been sharing with me that I'm taking heed to. Let's stand up. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. 
You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 